Hey everyone, welcome to Winning Conversations. Today is a bonus episode for our couple series. We wrapped up last month with all of our wonderful couples, but we didn't want to leave this one out. We had the opportunity to sit down with Eric and Nikki Deaton, and it was such a treat. Yen and I really enjoyed hearing their stories, their wisdom. They were married at a young age, and God has just taken them from place to place to place and helped them grow together in such a beautiful way. Lean in, listen, glean from the health of their relationship, and enjoy. Welcome, Eric and Nikki. We're so glad to have you. This Thank is like you. This is like our fun bonus episode of our Couples Edition. We're really excited. Well, we just want to start by having you guys tell us your story. Tell us how you guys came became the Deetons. So either one. Okay, well, I was riding in the car with her friends. And in college. In college, and we didn't know each other. It was my sophomore year, your freshman year, and I saw this beautiful blonde athletic girl running on the sidewalk. Well, what we were doing was in the car is I had this big super soaker water gun. Y'all know what I'm talking about where you pump it and oh, yeah. it sprays 30 feet or something. Mm-hmm. So we were doing drive-by shootings. Oh my gosh. If you will. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All over campus. And uh, so anyway, there she was and I, and uh, her friends go, Hey, that's Nikki. And I didn't know who she was. And, so she was just another victim for me. Uh, and so I, foo, 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 foo. but I thought in my mind, you know, it would be cool to date a blonde haired blue eyed athletic girl. And I, she just, you know, she for me, it, she was beautiful. So we didn't even talk or anything until the semester changed fall. Wait, of, you mean that didn't win her over immediately right there? Yeah. You well, were like, oh man, saying, who was that guy that, that got me with the squirt gun? She wasn't like, oh my gosh, Romeo. I don't even know if I don't even know if I saw her. I love her him. Again. <laughs> right? I think I might marry that one. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, were you running from something or just out running? <laughs> Good yeah. question. Okay. I don't even know if I saw her again the rest of that semester. So the fall semester, and we're all going to the cliffs to to go rope jumping into the river. And I saw her and I was, I was like, hey, we're going to cliffs. You want to come? And um so they said, yeah, and I think, didn't your sister come mm-hmm. too? Mm-hmm. And I didn't talk to her the whole time we were there. So another miss. Strike miss. two. Yeah, strike two. Soaked <laughs> with the water gun. Yep. Didn't say a word. Didn't say a I mean, word. I don't want to say your game needs to get upped, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, let's maybe, let's go ahead and reevaluate our, our plan of attack here. Yeah. <laughs> so Super my philosophy and- was treat them badly and they'll come to you. You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's so, not funny. Do you remember how we started talking and stuff? Um, I think uh, it was after intramural basketball, and I was out on the basketball court, like just one night, and I was shooting basketball in my boot, I think. And you came out there, and we were both just shooting. Do you remember that? I do, on that outdoor. Yeah, on that outdoor rim. Oh, yeah. 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 We started talking, but I mean, we kind of were in the same circles. We had the same friends, so we knew of each other. We just didn't really hang out. We just had similar, the same friends, so we had gotten to know each other. So once we started talking, we kept talking. We probably hung out for about nine months before we really. No, went I on a asked date. her to my fraternity uh, party that fall. That's what yeah. that was our first um, first date outing. Outing, yeah. <laughs> that you talked to her, but we were we were talking. We just. We just established this friendship where it's like we were both in dorms where guys couldn't be in girls' dorms, girls couldn't be in guys' dorms. So Christian had, University, curfew at midnight. You had to be in by midnight. So I would call her on the dorm phone 
because we didn't have cell phones. <laughs> really dating ourselves here. But <clears throat> and then we would talk until three o'clock in the morning. And uh, sometimes we would talk, and then one of us would be snoring <laughs> until until the other one would hang up. Until one of us fell asleep, and then you'd hear the phone, whatever. But we did that almost every night. We talked and talked and talked and just hung out and had fun. And when did it go from friendship to more? I remember the first, other than that, that um, social event at the university. The first time he asked me out, we went to Dunkin' Donuts drive-through, got coffee and donuts, and we just sat and talked in the car and took curfew. So I would say, I don't know. I think it just progressed into that. You know, they say they always say you're, you know, you're good friends before, you know. It moves on. And that's how our, that's the story. That's our story. We, we just were did, really good friends. We did everything together, mm -hmm. you know, from that point on. And then she would drive to our away games. Like we'd go up to Kentucky four or five hours and she would hop in with my cousin and follow the team up. And there would be no other fans in the, our, none of our fans there. And um, so it was just, and we just, I remember the first time I told her I loved her, we went to a park. Tent, was it Tensley Park? Oh, yeah, park. yeah, yeah, I remember that. And I, and I did a picnic, you know, spread the blanket out, you know, and pulled out the food and stuff. And See, you got better at it. Yeah, and and this was the day where I was going to tell her, you know, basically. And so I said to her, I said, I'm in love with you. And she goes, I love you. I said, I love you. <laughs> and then we kissed. Oh, <laughs> nice. Oh. That's so sweet. Yeah. But I know there's a story about the engagement. I'd really love to hear it. Okay, so we went to another <laughs> park. <laughs> and, of course, you know, you're, you're in college. You don't have a lot of money. So I, I got a ring the best I could. And uh, I was like, let's go to this park. And, and there was this tree. And every kid loves a tree that you can climb in. It's climbing trees. And it, this was a climbing tree. So let's climb up in here, this tree. And, and um. Well, we were sitting there, and she's kind of like, what's up, you know? And I brought my Bible. And, um, so I was really like, what's up? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I opened my Bible to 1 Corinthians 13, and I start reading what love is, you know? And um, so then— And it's I not usually this sappy, so I was like, this is What is happening? Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually a pretty sappy, sensitive guy, and he I totally covered up with humor. Yes. I have no idea what you're talking about. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. So, so anyway, I closed the book, and I said, I said to her, I said, I'm in love with you, and I want to spend the rest of my life with you, and will you marry me? And I'll never forget, she, she responded immediately. She said, of course I'll marry you. And then. Yep, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Verbatim. Yeah. yeah. The inflection and everything. It's yep. perfect. Is that how you saw it going? Is that your remembrance? Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. Aww, Did you ask him, like, why are we in this tree? No, that would have been usual. Nice. I mean, we never climbed a tree before that, but I mean, it was par for the course. Yeah, we did. We were adventurous. Together, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just love that friendship is the basis of your, of your relationship. Yeah, for sure. Even now. Yeah. When you're the best of friends, do, 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 do. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, so periods of time linked together, but separated. Some would say seasons. Some wouldn't. I'm not going <laughs> to say that for sure, because who uses that word? Not this guy. 
What kind of seasons have you guys gone through in your relationship, do you think? Like, have there been major ones? What do you think? <laughs> well, when we got married, we were 21. That's I had just crazy turned 21. Me. So we were pretty young. I think I went into it, you know, fairy tale, like most girls that age. You know, it's going to be awesome, you know. I think Eric just went into it like, yo, I'm married. <laughs> there was a lot more, I think, preparation on Is my Is this end. where I defend myself? <laughs> From what? <laughs> so it was a lot of fun, a lot of learning. I do recall one incident where I was standing at the kitchen sink. I don't know what you did, but all of a sudden I took the wet... <laughs> Soapy dish rack, and I threw it across our apartment, and it hit him right in the face. Bullseye. <laughs> wow. I wasn't aiming for the face, but it did happen. Well, um, you know, I had this idea of, hey, I'm married, and I can still have my friends over. <laughs> oh, wow. So, you know, let's let's come over. Let's play some cards. Let's, uh, let's trash the place. And I think at that point, she had had enough, you know, where she's, I'm coming home, and She's got the hamburger helper on the stove, which, by the way, if you don't have a lot of money, hamburger helper. We had every flavor. Come on. <laughs> Taco hamburger helper. There was. Um, that was my favorite hamburger helper. I was Not still in beef school. Strong enough? I, I was know. still in school. He was working. He was selling cell phones. So it was a good income straight out of college, but not a lot of income. And so we had, I think our rent, this will date us too, was two seventy five a month. What? Yeah. We had cinder, cinder block second cinder floor blocks, apartment. There was a crack in the far end of our apartment where you could see daylight. Like right under the air. Through the like crack. Like right under the wall there, air conditioner. There was a wall unit, okay, <laughs> which during the summer we were upstairs, so it was a tar roof. It was very hot. And so we would drag our mattress from the bedroom right underneath the wall unit in the living room and sleep at night because we it was so hot. But, yeah, those were – but then I started making some cell phone sales, you know. And, Holidays you know. come around. You yeah. up. <laughs> the, the, it's like those Nokia's. Then, then we moved into a little place, a little house for rent. And uh, on the outside, that looked like a great move. On the inside, it was infested with spiders. Do you remember that? You remember all the spiders that were in that place? Yuck. Did you know a lot of people who got married young like that? We got married at 19 for reference. So we were mm, two young, what? immature little kids who got married. Right. Do you? Good times. Yeah. It was, it's great. You didn't know that? No. Oh, yeah. We were oh my gosh. 19. So how was that? How was that growth time? I think it was, I mean, there was a lot of growing. I mean, learning, learning each other. I mean, but I think maybe an advantage I had was that I was a twin. So I had had a roommate my whole life. So you know what I mean? Yeah. I had already adjusted to sharing rooms, sharing apartments, sharing clothes, all that. Not that I shared clothes with Eric, but you know, the sharing part was already right. established. So it was just like having a new roommate, especially out of college. I think sometimes we've talked about it before getting married later can be, you know, it can be easy because you figured who, who you are out, right. you figured out who you are, but, but you've also established your pattern and now you've got to learn how to share. Right. And so growing up young was probably good for both of us. Yeah. Now we've been married longer or we've been together longer than we were, yeah. you know, by ourselves. But I think, you know, the, the big adjustment, it, as if that wasn't enough, was, you know, when you have a child. And <laughs> so 
Yeah, talk about it's, that stage of life, not a season. You know, but I wasn't. Life. I wasn't one of those guys that was around babies. So it's like, okay, why is he crying? Like, and she's like, well, there's always a reason. You know, he's either hungry, or or he went poo poo, or maybe he's got a tummy ache, he's tired. or he's tired. I was like, okay, Whew, it's one of these four things. One of these four things. He's either hungry. He's gonna. <laughs> I definitely think having children. The one thing about that is it forces you, you can't be selfish, else it's going to be really hard. And so that's just another area where you continue growth. You both grow up. You know, you learn it's not about you. Now you have this human who's depending on you for everything, you know, and you're like steering their life. Mm -hmm. And so it's sobering, yet tons of fun. During that time of our life, though, Eric was doing fundraising by then, but he was a regional manager, so he was traveling a lot a lot during when Drew was young. And so he was on the road. And so he would come home and I'd be like, go talk to your son. I mean, this was when Drew was probably like seven to 12, you know, and he'd be like, I don't want to yell at him. I don't want to spank him. I just want to love him. I've been gone. I don't want that to be the first thing he knows about me. And so it was like constant growth all through children's lives. But I think it spiritually, it also causes your faith to grow. Because now you have this thing you love, this person you love more than life itself. And you have to let them go to school. And you have to let them leave your presence, be out in the yard. You know, you're depending on God through all of that. And it's like a major force of faith, yeah. I think. Nikki and I did a marriage seminar one time. And I, I came to realize over the years that when a girl's young and she's She's dreaming about her wedding day and her wedding dress and all this perfection. And then she meets her knight in shining armor, you know, comes riding in on a horse to rescue her, you know. And so a lot of times I think that the wife thinks when she marries the husband, especially as young as we were, that, hey, he's invincible. You know, and so where I was, well, I was I, I just worked all day, you know, and I'm I'm tired when I come home. But they think, oh yay, he's home, you know, and and the you know Drew wants to see you, and and we want to talk because we haven't seen you all day, and so they think that, especially a kid thinks, well, that's my dad, he's invincible, or that's my husband, he's my knight in shining armor, and so I had to come to realize that. Uh, even though that I can be what they need for me to be at home, even though just I've been out working all day or on the road or whatever. No, you're not tired. You know, you can put your put yourself down, your feelings down, and, you know, be there for them. So that's probably one of the biggest things that, because I was achievement-oriented, and so I was out, you know, well, I'm providing for our family, and, well, they they don't, they just won't. You. They want relationship. They with want you. you yeah. You know. So. I think every guy kind of wants to be the knight in shining armor. Oh yeah, so, for sure. But there's just a you know a disconnect between what that is when you're actually tired and you come home. Right. <laughs> the reality hits. Yeah, yeah. In that same marriage conference, when he was talking like that too, like we had the men and the women in the same room, and he would be talking like that, and the women would just be like crying. Yes, that's what I want my husband to understand. You know. So then I started talking, and I talked about um, how every man wants their wife to be their not-so-secret admirer. 
their cheerleader. You know, they want to be admired. And so then I had all the men like, yes, that's exactly, you know, and they were choked up about it. And I think, you know, keeping that in mind is super important. Yeah. I think we, if you go back to Genesis and, and it says, I'll make a helper, God says, I'll make a helper. And so that's innately in women to help. And a man can easily take that as she's getting on me or whatever, but she's just trying to help, you know, because that's innately in her. So <laughs> I use the example of a parking spot. Oh, there's a parking spot right there. Are you, there she is. She's trying to tell me what to do again. No. She's trying to help you. She's just trying to help, you know. That's good. And then Did- men in that same respect, men aren't, they're not called helpmates right? in the Bible. And so Eric makes fun of me because, you know, it's like the joke that, Women will say, so you've got clothes laying on the floor. Are those yours? Uh, yeah. Because, like, who else's are they? Right. But what we really mean is, can you please pick those up? And he's like, I can't read your mind. Just tell me, pick those up. <laughs> so it's same three words, right? <laughs> are those yours? Three words. Or pick those up. Three words. I mean, if you know like, I can they totally are understand yours, that. then just go ahead and pick them up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. Just going out on a limb. <laughs> so... Um. Uh, so as far as communication goes, obviously there's ebbs and flows in the way you guys connect as your life changes, as you guys grow in the Lord, what has that been like and how has it improved over the years? I mean, certainly you don't communicate like 21 year old newlyweds any longer. Throwing a rag in someone's yeah. face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Worked then. Yeah. It yeah. still works. Trust right? me. <laughs> Tried and true. Tried and true. I mean, yelling. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, communication. We don't leave each other notes. We talk. I think it's, uh, you have to understand as a couple what's what's important to you because you can't, you can't place number one status on everything. And so, you know, I know over the years, mm. Nikki's, okay, well, I'll let this go, but this I can't let go. You know, and so those are things that you work through where I understand, you know, it's important for her. For example, this may be a little thing to some people, but it's important for her that, you know, I make the bed. That's one of my things. Because when she comes home, you know, it just feels better and looks better to come in and there's a there's a made bed. The original rule was last one up makes the bed. And she was the always the first, first one, one up. up. So that's why I made the rule. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, the rules really benefits you. Huh? Yeah, shocker. <laughs> but I realized, though, as you know, as a husband, the Bible says, love your wives. Christ loved the church. It takes about three to four minutes to make that bed. But yet we walk past it and you go, I don't feel like doing that today. But you invest three to four minutes for, you know, because you love. Well, and that's, that's where our relationship and communication of those things, when you're living together with someone, where you realize, hey, if it's important to them, because I love them, then I want to do it. Yeah, I definitely think it's a give and take. I mean, I'm perfect, so he doesn't have to. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> everything comes out of your mouth, and everything just, always lines up. He just, just receives just like it all. Mary Poppins, yeah. Yeah. Just like yeah. Mary Poppins, son. Just like Mary Poppins. Practically perfect in every way. Well, so when it comes to communication, though, like <clears throat> some people are, hey, we need to talk about this now. And some people are like, hey, I need to process this. And that can be... You know, I use my wife and I as an example. I am a process now person, and I like to verbally process. And she likes to quietly process and then get back to me. (laughs) And so that doesn't always work. 
You know what I mean? But we've had our, our adapting has had to, how do we work around that? So we still love each other and still communicate effectively. And so does that, do you guys just communicate in the same wavelength or has there been a, Hey, we need to really figure out what's the best path forward for us because how I want to communicate isn't how you want to communicate. And that can be bad. Yeah. She, she would usually, um, right off the bat, be able to say how she felt where I would be the one like your wife where I, I need to process this. But the biggest thing for us is, okay, let's talk in a tone that's nice. Let's not have an angry face. Okay. We'll sit down and talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smiling in case anybody's yeah. wondering. Her oh, <laughs> face is nice right it. now. Yeah. I'm not angry. Tell your face that. Right? Tell your face that. <laughs> it's like that it's like that coach in that movie, A League of the Wrong. He goes, I, I I really need you to learn to hit the cutoff, man. I I, I really <laughs> just really need you to get that before next season, okay? <laughs> Love it. So that's that's the big thing, you know. And so when I would come back and think of something a day later, like your wife, you know, we would just talk about it calmly and um you know, I would pretty much realize that most of the time she was right and I was wrong, but. <laughs> right. Just He's one of those ones, too. If he doesn't, he, you know, sometimes in couples, there's there's the person who has their feelings right now. So if I'm angry, I'm angry right now, and, I, and you're probably going to know, you know. But then once we once I'm angry, it's over. I'm not, I, I'm over it. Tomorrow, I'm not even thinking about it. He's reverse. Like, if he, if something bothers him, he doesn't say anything about it probably for a while, but he gets madder as he processes. Does that mean because he needs to process, so he mm -hmm. gets madder over time. So that's I think every couple faces that too, and it's not just at me, but just in situations in general in life. So I you helps. just make those allowances because if that's you know if that's how you are and that's how your wife is, then make those allowances that when you. When you uh, sport out what you need and you feel better, <laughs> okay, now it's on her. <laughs> Hot potato. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, honey, we're going to set the time for Tuesday at 3 p.m. <laughs> when you'll come back to your processed. Uh, <laughs> processed answer. Yeah. Yeah, no, talking about kids, though, too, I know one thing uh, that we always try to make sure we do is don't argue or fight or have those heat not even heated, but have in-depth conversations with them in the room. Is that something y'all did with Drew? Is you kept your marriage on one side and your relationship with him separate? I think that's the best thing you can do is not try to never be negative in front of your kids. I mean, I think my parents did that really well growing up. They didn't talk about stuff in front of us. We never knew. We were blissfully ignorant. And I think that's the best thing you can do with your children. It's sometimes you have to really have self-discipline and control to do that, which should be a good gauge of where you are maturity-wise and spiritually-wise. To, to not talk about things in front of your child, to wait until, you know, you put them to bed and talk about things or, you know, because if there's something really bothering you, you know, your, your gut reaction is talk about it right now, no matter who's around. But children just, just, you know, they need to know everything's okay. They need to grow up making their own opinions about life, you know, about people, about all of that. So I think that's the best way. Yes. Yeah, definitely. we didn't always succeed at that, but we would catch ourselves at times and say, let's, you know, let's talk about this later. You know, but as he got older, there were, especially being a ministry family, 
there were things that we wanted him to learn, you know, from some of the experiences with people. And so that, you know, he could avoid some of the pitfalls of some of the counseling that we had to do with people and their kids and, you know, those kinds of things. So, Well, let's shift gears a little bit because it is about couples and it is, you know, the month of February or just after. But I want to know, what are some things you love about your spouse? Like Her, her eyes. <laughs> I love her eyes. I think everyone knows Eric will make you laugh. Early on in our marriage, that was important. You know, one person serious is enough. And sometimes it's, I mean, I'm probably the more serious one on on a daily basis. But it's always good that, you know, when you go through hard times, like talking about stages of life, there's times where, you know, there's different things you just want to quit, you know. And so thankfully, even in jobs, ministry, family, marriage, we never wanted to quit at the same time. You know, yeah. so that's always good. And so there would be, we'd go through rough times and he would joke about it. And so we would laugh, go to bed laughing, you know, wake up fine. You remember that day where you came in and you were going through your day? No, we were going like, there's been, there's been tight money moments in our lives. God is just so great to have blessed us, but there, and we didn't come from wealthy families. We, we had hand-me-down furniture. We had, you know, all, all those kinds of things. And there were times when money got really tight. And so one day I was telling him all the bills we had coming up and it's just different things that were going on. And he just looked at me and said, she was like going through this happened and this happened. We got this going on, this going. And I said, and our pets heads are falling off. (laughs) And we both just started laughing and laughing. So comic relief, I think, in a marriage is huge. We, we laugh a lot as a family together because, it's, you know, some of the silliness is on purpose because all the stuff that we're dealing with in the world, it's just, it can be vexing and get people down. So the Bible says that, you know, laughter is medicine. Medicine is a remedy to something that's that needs fixing, you know. And so I'll tell on myself here, when we were younger and, and I was – making the money, the reason why we got into tight situations is because I thought, well, I'm going to be aggressive in investing. And so I invested in uh, real estate and we flipped the condo, made $50,000 in three months. And so naturally you're going to do that again. So I did it again. Well, we got stuck 2008 hit. And so I didn't just buy one condo. I bought two at the same time. So we had a million dollars in investment properties and the, the rent wasn't paying the mortgage. Uh, an air conditioner would go out. But here was the kicker about the whole thing is I never got agreement from her to do this. I just did it. And so that's one of the biggest things uh, I think for marriages is that if one person isn't in agreement with something and you go ahead and do it anyway, then you're setting yourself up for a, a fail, you know. And if you're not in agreement, you know, you need to go back and ask why. Why aren't we in agreement here? What does the word say? What's God saying? And if she says, well, I think we should wait or I think we shouldn't do this, and I go ahead and do it, you know, I can put our family in, which I did. We had, um, this was back in 2008, we had about $9,000 a month in mortgage uh, payments that we were trying to make. That's, that's a huge amount of pressure. So when you have financial pressure, then it's going to affect, you know, your relationship. 
outside of the kids and outside of all, all the other affairs of life, that's, that's a huge uh, issue. So that's one of the things that I've had to learn the hard way is I need her agreement on things. And oftentimes she's not wrong <laughs> in those things. How have you guys processed through when they're, when you've, especially in a bigger decision maybe or medium-sized decision where you, you didn't see eye to eye at first, what are your steps to get there? To get to agreement? Mm -hmm. I think we have to talk about it or you have to pray about it. You have to pray about it. I think your spouse has to, like I think Eric would trust me if I wasn't in agreement, then he would trust how I was feeling. When he went ahead and did it anyway, you know, then he was really good about being humble. He would come back to me and say, I messed up. Will you forgive me? And yeah, of course I'll forgive you. And so you just move forward. I mean, once you can get to the place where whoever was wrong can repent for it and the other one will forgive, then God can come in and cause the blessing on it out of his mercy because he's so merciful and so good. So he would turn those situations around for us because that's our God. But it always takes somebody apologizing, you know, repenting. Yeah, he got, he got us out of all of that, but... It wasn't until I repented to her that was when he started working because, you know, you have to own up to things like that. And, and, and we've done that with each other over the years that just, I've probably messed up more than her, <laughs> you know, but. In his defense, I don't think he ever set out to not ask me. He just didn't in some things. He just went ahead and did things without asking. So it's not like I said absolutely not, and he did it anyway. Mm -hmm. It was just moving forward. He was just excited and didn't think to check. So um, I think what he said earlier, too, is good for marriages, is that as the wife, like he said, it's ultimately on him if he makes a decision I wasn't in agreement with, and I have to leave it before God. If he doesn't agree with me and does it anyway, then I just turn to my God and say, God, I know you are good. And you'll, you'll help this situation. And so I also think having been through the other side of that, like he said, being the one who was right in a situation, not getting angry or bitter over it ever, you know, as long as you can pray for your spouse is a good indicator you're not bitter. <laughs> you know, if you can lovingly pray for them, it's the times where you're like, there's no, I'm not praying for him. You know, I mean, I've had wives say that. No, I can't. I can't pray for him. That's when you're in trouble. Things are not going. That's when you're really in trouble. So it takes somebody repenting. Somebody always has to do the next right thing. Somebody always has to do the word. Yes. You know, and it's love. It's forgive. You know, it's pray for one another. But Somebody's got to do the word. If nobody's doing the word, then we're in for a rocky road here. Because the word is what will bring, you know, healing and the word is what will bring the unity and, and all these things. And that's how we get God involved in our everyday decisions. It's a great answer. I think it's I think it's powerful for people to understand that, you know, you guys uh you do kind of live in like a glass house. You're on a public stage. People know who you are. It's good for them to understand that you, they, you guys walk through the same type of communication things and ups and downs that everyone else does. It's not unique to their situation or, or your situation, you know, so it's good to talk about that. Can I talk about one more thing I like about Eric? Of course. I like that he can sing. 
And he sings all the time. When I say all the time, I mean all the time. He sings in the house, in the living room, in the bathroom, in the kitchen, in the shower, <laughs> in the car. He sings all the time, and I never mind because it's um, – I love that about him. Aww. That's so sweet. Nice. And when he sings in church, he's so anointed. He's not just a good voice. He's anointed when he sings. When he sings, I usually cry. Oh. I, I love about her that she's like brave and steady and strong. And one of my weaknesses, I care too much sometimes about what people think. So one one time in the pulpit, I said, I'm done caring about what people think because I wasn't saying that for everybody else because people were like, Pfft. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was saying it for me. All right, bro. <laughs> yeah. Boy, yeah. What? Okay. Thanks for the confessional. But I was saying it for me because um, I wish I could be like her sometimes and be and not care as much about that. But um, that's what one thing I love about her. So when I come to her with some little, and I don't do it as much as I, but you know, in our younger days of our marriage, and such and such said this about me, and this person doesn't like me, and they this and that and the other, she'd be like, well, "So what? Who cares? You know, <laughs> I love you." <laughs> you know. So I like that about him. He's so sappy. Like, he would be that kid in high school who did a mixtape for a girl who wasn't his girlfriend. I did have a mixtape. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but the cute thing is, like, a few Chicago, years... Chicago, REO Speedwagon, yeah. Air Supply. I mean, I'll go on a date with you. That's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the jam list right there, boy. Like, one, one time he uh, put... I don't know if it was Valentine's Day or whatever, but he typed up this whole long thing about everything he loves about me. It was like a whole eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, two columns. That's so few and far between, even though he's sappy, that I framed it and put it on my dresser. <laughs> and it's like all these things he loves about me. And it was the sweetest Aww, thing. That's nice. Yes. That's so sweet. All right, so nice. next question. You guys together have this fantastic optic. I don't know how to phrase this properly, but like, you know, like it looks like, oh, you guys got it all together, like tightened up, like you're really successful, anointed pastors. Like there's so much going on in your favor, you know? And that it makes you go, okay, how do we, like, what was the steps? You know what I mean? Like, learn from that, glean from that. Um, but I think you guys do a really fantastic job of living honestly. Are you aware of that? Or is that something that you guys are conscious of? And, and, and like, your, your outwardly perception or how you're being perceived? I think we're just uh, endeavoring to live for God. And with the premise of we're going to stand before Jesus one day and give an account of our life and... You know, I just, I want to do everything that God's called me to do. And so she's, there's been times where I've grown spiritually and I've had to grow and where she had it and I didn't. And so some of that prodding is painful, but if we, if we just keep approaching the word with humility and, and God is what uh, promotes He's the one that promotes, and and uh, so I don't see that, you know, what you're saying. But I, I just say everybody could be that in whatever sphere or realm that that God's called them to by just. I don't mean to make it sound sound so simplistic, but just having a heart for God and and going together, and that's the one big thing is we've just tried to live for Him the best that we can and serve Him, serve others, and love others and love Him. And, I think one of the simplest things about life and being a Christian is if you can just learn to never lie, you know? And um, I think that's always the way the devil first gets in, even with kids. 
you know, if they, if they can just get them to lie, lie to their parents, lie to whatever. You've always said that everything starts with a lie. Everything starts with a lie. And so having been in I, your second best word, intentional about not lying growing up, I was always, you know, I didn't want to lie. Plus I'm horrible at it. You're going to know if I'm lying. You're going to know. It's going to be so obvious. I knew it. I can't lie. <laughs> so, um, so you, I mean, that forces you to be genuine all the time right. because if you feel bad about lying, then you just can't do it. And so, um, yeah, and I and like Eric said, I would just never. I can't. I'm. I don't want to stand before God having not lived right. You know, even though He's a loving Father, I just want to do my very best. And so, no, I think we're probably not conscious that that is a way of life for some people. It's just not our way of life. And I don't want to miss out on what God has, because that's the best. That's the best life. So, we are on to the most exciting part of couples winning conversations. Bring Get it. ready for this. The game of most likely to. We are going to rapid fire ask some questions. Okay. And then you guys are going to answer who is the one who's most likely to do the thing that we're talking about. Okay. Most likely to fall asleep first. Eric. Me. What time are we talking? It depends. I mean, we're usually in bed by 930 or so. so. Jeez, what are you guys? <laughs> yeah, it's in college? Like, what, what are we, 70? Who's the first one to get up? Oh. Uh, Nikki. Nice. Um, most likely to plan a spontaneous trip. Eric. Eric. For sure. I didn't even have to ask that question, but <laughs> I, I just know. wanted to say it out loud, you know? Um, start a new fight. Nikki. Eric. Ah! <laughs> Eric right. always starts the fights, but I'm the one who gets mad. But he knows how to pick, and I never pick. He's just like, what button wow. to press? He's like, yes. oh, I'm just going to say this little, yes. plant this little seed right. of time. I'm going to say this comment, which I know is going to jump all over her. And walk away. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Dig it. I don't recall that. <laughs> um, I plead the fifth. <laughs> who picks the music? Eric. Eric. Is there like a DJ's playlist? Is this? No, we're we're mostly, you know, worship, praise and worship music. Okay. Um, so. I like big band. What? One time I made you a mix CD. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Eric's smooth. Eric's smooth grooving. Yeah. Oh, my You got to gosh. even name it. It was great. I want to make some CD art for that. Yeah. Well, because I sang Luther Vantross' Endless Love to her at our wedding. That's our song. That's our song. Gosh. Yeah. And you guys just don't get any more. I know. There's Next only level. you in my life. I love you, hon. Okay, so who's most likely to be romantic? Eric. Eric. Obviously. Wait, uh, what's romantic? Yeah, define <laughs> romantic. <laughs> we might need Obviously, to define that I don't even word. know we asked that question either. All right, let's move on. That's fantastic. <laughs> Who's more likely to buy a gift just because? Eric. Eric. Hmm. Who responds to text messages faster? Eric. Eric. <laughs> Where's my phone? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put an air tag on Nikki's phone. Um, who's most likely to lose their phone? I guess we guys that one answered oh, already. Uh, drink more coffee. Who drinks more coffee? Eric. Eric. What kind do you like? I like Cafe Bustello for, oh, the for Keurig. Yeah. K-Pods. Yeah, Cafe right. Bustello. Well, French. I think it's Cuban. Buy something ridiculous. Eric. Eric. For sure, yeah. What's the most ridiculous thing you've ever bought? Two condos, apparently. We've already heard yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 At the same time. Right? I mean, like. Uh, at the same time. What's the most he is an Amazon shopper. Oh my gosh! So crazy, especially so since twenty twenty. My latest, my latest thing is wait. Bomba's socks, Probably. and these socks are like they're more than the average socks. I'll just say that you know you can. I'm gonna I'm gonna change your life, bro. Yep, Bomba's. stance. 
No, oh, we, I, we have those I know too. Stance, you like stance? Mm-hmm. I know stance too, but these these are, are those just, better than stance? These are amazing. amazing. Challenge accepted. Amazing. Challenge accepted. Yeah. So, so when I find something I like, I buy every color. Those kinds and of three things. of them. Yeah. And three of them. Yeah. Always so, o- always overdo it. Not sponsored by Bombas. Yeah. A little wow. extra. Always o- overdo who's it. The, I, I'm, I think I know the answer, but who's better at board games? Nikki. Well, it depends on. Now, if it's a thinking game, it's Nikki all the, all the way. <laughs> sure. If you have to think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Card, but if it's luck. Card games or something. Eric. That's, that's if it's luck. Every time. Yeah. All right. Because I'm, because I'm God's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, who's more likely to try a new recipe? Nikki. Nikki, especially if it's a dessert. I mean, you have to try it. Nikki's right? a great cook. I'm a great baker. Oh my God, your cookies? <gasps> I've had dreams about them. Thank you. Those peanut butter no bakes. Yes. Holy Toledo's. I know, right? The peanut butter cornflake cookies. Dude. Yes. Yeah. So good. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we'll me. circle back to that later. But uh, <laughs> say something inappropriate. That's me. That's Eric. A, <laughs> you know, my like, goodness. How about say something inappropriate from the pulpit? Eric. 100%. Okay. Has he ever caught you off guard? <laughs> Has he ever said something you're like, oh my gosh? Of course, but Who, never unexpected. Who's going to listen to this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how honest can we be? Who gets angry when they drive? Uh, oh, that that's a tie. Yeah. I think we're both vocal. Well, you're like, the. Sp- move it, mister. You're the speeder, move though. Move it, mister. And I'm, that's I'm what sorry, she I'm, said. Pointing move at, it, I'm pointing mister. at Nikki. Yeah. So you're the one that, like, as we've been told before, is the reason for all this, this, this the, the tire marks yes, from here from to the ministry Jay's, to the yeah. dirt. I like it. Yes. Who falls asleep during the movie? Neither. Neither of us. The only thing I fell asleep on is she made me go to the Nutcracker. We were chaperones to oh, a senior man. class. Uh, you them I think we both fell asleep in that one. Yeah, that was. The only other movie I fell asleep in was Cars 2. So boring. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I agree with but that. But the Nutcracker, that, that, took, that took the cake. So this is something we ask every couple. Um, and since you're a couple, we will ask you. Um, obviously, the, the, the theme to this, this ministry, a big part of it, is making winners in life. That is something that we always are uh, striving towards. So we want to know, how is your spouse being a winner in life? I, th- I think Nikki's one of the most godly women that I know. And well, you are. And it's not a works thing for her because she is she's so in love with God, and so um, it's almost like it's an aid in her. But but she purposes to get up and pray and read her Bible and read the Word. She's the most pure-hearted, godly woman I know. Ditto. Eric's just a winner in general. I've never not seen him win, even in in difficult areas of his life. He always overcomes. Always. Nothing gets him down for long. I mean, just the fact that we're here in Texas at Jerry Savelle Ministries, and he's really walking out his dream of preaching the gospel, strengthening the brethren, strengthening the churches. I mean, ministering with Dr. Savelle, who was, you know, like a, when we were young married, that's who he listened to. Probably the most. The first message he ever preached from the pulpit was a Jerry Spell message. He's my hero. And now here we are. You know, nobody's from nowhere. He just keeps moving forward in the things of God. Grown up so much over the years. Learned to love. That's so how much. she's won in life is she's endured. You grow up. <laughs> Help me grow up and endured. And you know what? I would tell people, they say, What's the secret to your marriage? We never quit. 
Right. He never quit. Got to just trust God. He'll come through for you. Keep loving. Keep forgiving. Well, thank you guys for coming and being part of uh, Winning Conversations at our special couples series. We're really blessed by you guys, and I know everyone will be blessed when they listen. We want to thank our church audience for listening to this series. I hope that it really helped you guys understand that these are people who love God and are called according to His purpose and are walking through life, holding hands and doing well, just like you guys can do as well. This is the close of our couples. Can you believe it? This is the last one. This is it? Yeah. Maybe we'll bring it back again. This is fun. Yeah, it was really fun. So thank you guys. Our next episode drops every Friday. We'll see you all next time.